It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. The most dangerous stage of tyranny is when the fraud is exposed and the tyrants begin to sense that they may be held accountable. The cornered rats bite hardest. A quote attributed to Julius Rachel. For nearly a decade and a half, geoengineeringwatch.org has warned of the time when the totality of collapse on countless fronts could no longer be hidden. I've tried to warn for over two decades of the total power structure desperation that would occur when the controllers were forced to face the fact that biosphere collapse had beat them to the intersection, i.e. total planetary ecological collapse, before they, the controllers, had completed their preparations. What does total desperation mean? What might it or does it include? As geoengineeringwatch.org has also warned, weather warfare, the triggering of global conflict, false flag events, pathogen release, and look up. Consider that there is no place to hide from what's being sprayed in skies all over the world. The great unraveling continues to accelerate by the day. The majority remain oblivious, though they won't have that option for much longer. And you can quote me on that. In a moment, breaking reports on the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. You're listening to the weekly installment of the non-political, commercial-free, global alert news hour, the Bad News Broadcast. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Is it all doom and gloom on the wider horizon? Short answer, yes. It's called reality. And if more don't muster the courage to face it, the story will end badly, soon. More on the subject of courage coming in this broadcast. Stay tuned. Also, I will cover the industrialized, militarized society epidemic of cowardice, a condition that will soon determine our collective futures if it is not cured. The Global Alert News Hour is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of covert climate intervention operations, known as geoengineering. Speaking of which, all-out winter weather warfare is being waged by the global climate engineering cabal. And no, what is unfolding in so many locations are not random acts of nature. Manipulated streams of moisture originating from the Pacific Ocean from as far south as below the southern tip of Baja, California, are being directed toward the northeast U.S., more moisture is then picked up from the record warm Gulf of Mexico. And this scenario somehow magically turns into a, quote, winter storm. In this case, winter storm Landon. Just the latest in a constant parade of theatrically named, completely engineered winter weather events. There is, we are told by the so-called experts, a warm side of the so-called winter storm, where thunderstorms, balmy rain, and tornadoes take place. Really, this is part of what we are told is a winter storm? In the transition zone between the so-called warm side of the winter storm and the so-called cold side, there is the ice storm transition zone. This is the region in which the patented chemical ice nucleation elements being seeded into the flows of moisture with jet aircraft. 
by the weather terrorists themselves are hitting the surface before the endothermic freezing process of the chemical ice nucleating elements actually takes place. The result? Deadly driving conditions on roadways, toppled power lines and trees, and toxic everything. Where is the manipulated stream of chemically ice nucleated moisture eventually ending up? Right across Ottawa, Canada. The gathering of the Canadian trucker protest. What a coincidence, or not. Was it just coincidence that the exact same weather scenarios occurred directly over the Dakota Pipeline protests, which geoengineeringwatch.org recorded with weather satellite imagery? 50 degree moisture flashing out to frozen material for no reason of meteorology whatsoever. And also directly over the Occupy Wall Street protests, same scenario. And in that case, the flash freeze engineered snowstorm was carried out even in October. Those in power have so many weapons with which to crush societal dissent. Silent weapons for quiet wars. How is it possible that the insanity in our skies is not seen for what it is? Weather warfare. And again, it's not some foreign actor carrying out the assault on already suffering American populations, as so many would like to convince themselves of, as they blindly wave their flags, pretending to be patriotic, as they've been trained to do from birth, while their own government conducts so many actions and activities that are so incredibly nefarious and destructive to society itself. For the record, blind flag-waving conformity is not patriotism and does not require courage. What is occurring in our skies and what is being inflicted on populations is covert warfare. The global controllers know that the former paradigm was never sustainable. How could they not know when they were at the core of creating the paradigm to begin with? And knowing what they know, collapse is inevitable and near, and that exploding human populations can no longer be sustained, here is the question that even now, at this late hour, almost none are willing to honestly answer. What would we, what should we, what must we expect the clinically insane global power structures to do to save themselves, at least for the moment? Those puzzle pieces are not hard to put together for any that don't have their eyes wide shut. To fully open one's eyes, to fully face the wider horizon, takes courage. From Alexander's Solzhenitsyn's A World Split Apart, this, a decline in courage may be the most striking feature which an outside observer notices in the West in our days. Should one point out that from ancient times, declining courage has been considered the beginning of the end. Courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear. That's a quote from Mark Twain. Again, stay tuned for the core of the matter on that subject. Breaking Biosphere Collapse reports in a moment, but first, from CanadianFoodsInc.com, unvaccinated shoppers, quote, must be accompanied in Quebec stores. From that report, there are now strict purchasing rules for unvaccinated people and those without a vaccine passport in Canada's largest province, Quebec. For large retail stores like Walmart or Ikea, shoppers without a vaccination passport, quote, must be accompanied at all times by a store employee, end quote, according to the Quebec Ministry of Health. 
This applies to everyone over the age of 13. Question, what is the totality of what we're not being told? Corporate media power structure propaganda pushers are now completely omitting anything and everything that makes clear the fact that people are beginning to wake up and push back. Again, the near total lack of coverage about the Canadian truckers convoy is just one of the most recent glaring examples of omission. Next, Pittsburgh Bridge collapses hours before Biden's infrastructure speech in city. From that report, hours before his visit and just four miles from where the president was scheduled to speak, one of Pittsburgh's major car bridges collapsed. The report then states the timing of the disaster was uncanny. Their words, not mine. Biden was visiting Pittsburgh to promote his $1.2 trillion infrastructure package. Coincidence, I'm sure. Just like the Syrian chemical weapons attack, just as UN chemical weapons inspectors arrived in the area. How many other amazing coincidences are there? Just happened to be a drill on 9-11 for exactly what happened on 9-11. The same with the July 7th, 2005 bombings in London. And the same with the Bill Gates organized event 201. A mock drill for a global coronavirus pandemic immediately before the actual event started. Just coincidences, all of them, I'm sure. Biden kicked off his Pittsburgh tour with a visit to the stricken bridge, praising first responders at the scene. Biden noted that the city has more bridges than any other in the world and promised we're going to fix them all, Biden said. Sure thing, Joe. From the UK Guardian, it's desperate, the report states, how environment agency staff were silenced as pollution worsened. Smoke and mirrors, lies and deception. We are drowning in a sea of it. This report states, within the agency responsible for protecting and enhancing the environment, the focus was on gagging staff with the threat of dismissal if they discussed its work both inside and outside the organization. Chief Executive James Bevan, a former Foreign Office Mandarin, who was appointed in 2015 to run the regulator, issued a draconian warning silencing staff after a wave of criticism about its performance protecting rivers. Staff should not, he said, openly criticize or discredit the organization in the media or in social media or disclose any confidential information in connection with the environmental agency to anyone who is not authorized to receive it. All breaches could lead to disciplinary action or, in serious cases, dismissal. Comments made, quote, inside or outside work, including derogatory statements about the organization, managers, colleagues, stakeholders, customers, or contractors, and anything that brought the agency into disrepute or reflected on its performance were all subject to sanction. This is how it works. This is how the entire system is set up. Ultimately, those who print the money control it all. Thus, we have an illegal federal gag order on all National Weather Service and all NOAA, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration employees. Why in the world would our government feel it was necessary to gag the nation's weathermen unless there wasn't something incredibly massive and damning to hide? And indeed, there is. In regard to those that are trying to hide dire information from public view, in this case, about the climate engineering operations, this quick update on the legal effort to hold Cornell University's Dr. Douglas McMartin, M-A-C-M-A-R-T-I-N, 
accountable for being the sole so-called fact checker that is responsible for getting Facebook to flag virtually all posts from geoengineeringwatch.org data as, quote, false news. Again, because Dr. Douglas McMartin says so. McMartin offered no duplicate testing or data to back up his assertions. The court purpose of our legal action is to expose the baseless censorship of geoengineeringwatch.org science research and thus of climate engineering data. By exposing the baseless, and I believe the facts indicate malicious censorship, we will expose the climate engineering operations themselves. About the legions of so-called experts that are now little more than power structure programmed puppets that parrot what they're told the truth is by those that provide their paychecks and pensions. This by Professor Alan Savory, ecologist. The title is The Difference Between Science and Academia. He states, people talk glibly about science. What is science? Question mark. People are coming out of the university with a master's degree or PhD and you take them into the field and they literally don't believe anything unless it is a peer-reviewed paper. That's the only thing they accept. And if we say to them, let's observe, let's think, let's discuss, they don't do it. It's just, quote, is it a peer-reviewed paper or not? Question mark, end quote. That's their view of science. I think, Professor Savory says, it's pathetic. Going to universities as bright young people, they come out of them brain dead, not even knowing what science means. They think it means peer-reviewed papers, etc. No, Professor Savory states. That's academia. He further states, and if a paper is peer-reviewed, it means everybody thought the same. Therefore, they approved it. An unintended consequence is that when new knowledge emerges, new scientific insights, Dr. Savory says, they can never, ever be peer-reviewed. So we're blocking all new advances in science that are big advances. He further states, if you look at the breakthroughs in science, almost always they don't come from the center of that profession. They come from the fringe. The finest candle makers in the world couldn't even think of electric lights. Professor Savory finishes with this, quote, we're going to kill ourselves because of stupidity, end quote. Here's a reminder from Morpheus, an excerpt from The Matrix. The Matrix is a system, Neo. That system is our enemy. But when you're inside, you look around. What do you see? Businessmen, teachers, lawyers, carpenters, the very minds of the people we are trying to save. But until we do, these people are still a part of that system. Morpheus then states, you have to understand, Neo, most of these people are not ready to be unplugged. And many of them are so inert, so hopelessly dependent on the system that they will fight to protect it. How profoundly true that is. More on the mass deceptions from MarketWatch.com. Scientists offer some clarity on blizzards and global warming paradox. This report states, although climate change is expected to lower the amount of overall snow in the U.S. that the U.S. receives on an annual basis, it's going to increase the number of nor'easters 
we see annually, they say. Again, the same type of, quote, academicians just described by Dr. Savory. According to a recent report from the federally funded, no surprise, National Center for Atmospheric Research nonprofit arm, the University Corporation for Atmospheric Research is UCAR. U-C-A-R, that's the acronym. Their report says nor'easters used to be something Americans saw every few years or so, but such storms are expected to be a more frequent happening in the warming world. Warming means cooling, right? Up means down, black means white, day means night. That's the Orwellian world we live in. And this is not a forecast or prediction based on any real science study. They're reading a script given to them. This is the scheduled weather that is to come if society functions long enough to keep these events occurring, i.e. to keep the massive climate engineering Manhattan Project going, which takes an unimaginable amount of resources and coordination every single day to carry on global weather warfare because that's exactly what it is. This report from marketwatch.com then ends with this. Today's kids will live through three times as many climate change disasters as their grandparents, the report states. No, that's not true. Because in the current course, today's kids won't be around much longer. As hard as that pill is to swallow, that's the statistical mathematical fact of the matter. Unless we collectively initiate a total change of course. On a very relevant side note, the forests around the world that have not already incinerated are dying by the day. Forests that have not been eliminated from the two causes just mentioned are being cut down. This alarming new headline report is from multiple sources. How Brazil's government is turning public land private, clearing the way for even more deforestation. Now an even more alarming headline, also from last week. Deforestation in Brazil, the Amazon, hits January record high. Ramping it up. Again, the Thelma and Louise moment. The human race through the guardrail, flying through the air toward the bottom of the canyon, and the human race is hitting the accelerator, not the brake, and fighting over which radio station to listen to on the way down. Loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute until there's nothing left. No nature, no humans. Simple. But the controller media minions at Bloomberg.com have a solution to the forest fire part, at least. Just eliminate the forests. From Bloomberg.com, quote, to save western U.S. forests, cut them way back. The report then states, in essence, that we should cut down 80% of the forests to save the forests. What a great idea. No forests, no forest fires. If you want to see the power structure's idea of a, quote, managed forest, search this exact title heading, Climate Engineering, Clear-Cutting, and Record Wildfires. And you can see an Into the Wild video from geoengineeringwatch.org showing you exactly what a, quote, managed forest looks like. There's no forest left. Nothing. Again, the title of that report, Climate Engineering, Clear-Cutting, and Record Wildfires. How many cowards in academia and media are pushing the lies? This also from Bloomberg.com. What if we blotted out the sun to fight global warming? Question mark. From that report, one of the great hopes is something called, quote, solar geoengineering. Gee, we all know what that is now, don't we? Or we should. Which is essentially an attempt to 
figure out a way to cool the planet by deflecting some of the sun's rays before they reach us humans. The report then states the science isn't yet there, but a group of scientists argue it should be banned now. It isn't yet there. Only the clinically blind can't see the filth-filled skies that look like something from a toxic waste explosion, this dirty, filthy, industrial color sky obscuration. That's what solar radiation is. And how many on the ground that are focused on their iPhones and whatever personal pursuit of pleasure never bother to look up and see the planet looks like something from a science fiction movie now so often. The air is dry in many cases where they're not deluging it and chemically ice nucleating it. In Northern California, we are back to bone dry here. And these desiccant particles absorb and accrete all atmospheric moisture so there's no dew unless it's right after a storm. And I realize in many places of the world it's deluge and flood. And that's what climate engineering does, by the way, overall. It totally disrupts the hydrological cycle, creating drought and deluge scenarios. And the climate engineers, with their creation of high-pressure heat domes in order to steer upper-level wind currents, like they're doing to the U.S. West right now, the ionosphere heater-created high-pressure heat dome, i.e. the ridiculously resilient ridge as the bought-and-paid-for climate engineering track covering so-called meteorologists have termed it the, the ridiculous resilient ridge and that steers upper level wind currents and thus precipitation completely around the west clockwise up and around that high pressure heat dome where all this moisture is chemically nucleated to cool it down as it circulates further inland to create their parade of theatrically named winter storms to learn more search this report title Geoengineering is creating freeze-fry extremes. Better yet, search the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Go through all the reports in that section. Search the engineering drought section. Search the engineering wildfire section. Cannot fight a battle effectively without understanding the battlefields. On Monday of this week, it was raining in south-central Canada. It was raining in the Dakotas. Anyone remember the Pacific Northwest headlines from less than two months ago of all the, quote, record snow and deadly cold? And now parts of Northern California and Southern Oregon are scheduled to be in the 80s next week? No rain since the end of last year and none scheduled till the middle of March now? Though, of course, the climate disruption cartel could alter the schedule. Time will tell. But on the current course, it would appear that yet again, the weather terrorists are setting the stage for further incineration of Western North America's remaining half-dead forests. To learn why they would do that, search Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda, one of our most important reports ever. And about the bottom line of global thermal buildup, the oceans... This is new from the UK Guardian. Extreme heat in oceans, quote, past point of no return in 2014. The report states the heat content of the top 2,000 meters of the ocean set a new record in 2021, the sixth year in a row. It's a follow-up on a previous report from this broadcast. Oceans are the bottom line. They have been absorbing so much of the heat being released by anthropogenic, i.e. human activity. Climate engineering can 
reduce daytime high temperatures by filling the sky with toxic filth, heavy metals, polymers, all of it synergistically toxic, meaning when it's combined, it's far more toxic than each of the elements are independently. But climate engineering also traps more heat than it deflects, and it is destroying the planet's ability to cool itself overall, altering upper-level wind currents, which alters ocean currents, which is pumping warm water into places it shouldn't be, like the Arctic, now thawing seabed deposits of methane, clathrate, and hydrate. That methane is migrating to the water column, to the sea surface, and then into the atmosphere, where it's covering the planet like a layer of glass. Climate engineering is pounding the nails into our collective coffins and about the oceans and the heat that they have absorbed to date. Consider a cubic meter of seawater can contain 4,000 times the thermal energy of a cubic meter of air. And yet, this ocean heating is ignored when we see global temperatures and the temperature rise, which is so incredibly falsified to the downside. It is exponentially warmer on planet Earth at this moment than we are being told. We are so far past the guardrail, so far past the point of no return, which likely occurred two to three decades ago. And we have the entire so-called climate science community that is without courage trying to convince us that we could, may, might want a climate engineer someday as if we can't see it going on in our skies right now. Back to the subject of engineering winter. Let's rewind for a final update headline on winter storm Keenan from a week ago. This blizzard could be the biggest snowstorm ever to hit Boston. That's the kind of headlines they create and it confuses and divides the population as to the true state of planetary meltdown. Again, this reminder, the most anomalously less warm region in the entire world since 2012 is the eastern half of the U.S. lower 48. That is not nature. That's climate engineering. That's convincing the most populated portion of the most powerful country in the world that it's not that bad when it is. Another follow-up headline from Winterstorm Keenan, and I'll get to Winterstorm Landon, the latest creation of the climate engineers in a moment. Bear with me. But this headline from a week ago, dangerous life-threatening conditions predicted for New England, and then temperatures bounce right back, of course. But the theatrized headline convinces the population of something other than the truth. Here's from that headline. As dawn broke Saturday morning a week ago, a nor'easter underwent rapid intensification into a bomb cyclone as it moved northeastward along the eastern seaboard, again, from the record-warm Atlantic Ocean. The continued snow had already piled up to more than a foot along the New Jersey coastline, and the AccuWeather forecasters say that by the time the last flake falls, the storm could unload over three feet of snow with winds up to 100 miles an hour, creating an all-out blizzard, one that not only has the potential to be a top-five winter storm for cities like Boston but perhaps could leave a lasting impression on the region for this decade and perhaps many more to come. And that is the objective, isn't it? To confusion divide the population as to the true state of planetary meltdown and not covering where it's exponentially warmer than it should be. All of this is just a rerun of the 2014-2015 scenario when Boston was theaterized and sensationalized about all the record snow in Boston. At the same time, they weren't telling anyone that 14,000 feet up in the Sierras, there was no snow and record heat and trees dying everywhere. They tell you what they want to tell you. They omit the rest. When will the public figure that out? Final statement from the AccuWeather disinformation article. They state, this is going to be a dangerous, life-threatening storm, especially in southern New England. That's from AccuWeather chief meteorologist John J.O.N. Porter. 
Here's an idea. How about we all send AccuWeather's John Porter an email and ask why they, AccuWeather, and he personally are completely omitting the core component of climate engineering from their reporting. Of course we know why, because John's paycheck and pension depends on him pretending that the climate engineering elephant in the sky isn't really there. More sensationalized headlines about winter, winter, winter. This burr, B-R-R-R-R, frigid blast could send iguanas falling from the trees in Florida. Of course that happened. What a photo op that was for them. Now enter winter storm Landon. Moisture from the Gulf of California near La Paz and the Gulf of Mexico. The record warm Gulf of Mexico. Snow at the Texas-Mexico border while it was raining in Canada. How shockingly wrong can this so-called winter storm scenario be? More sensationalized headlines. Enormous winter storm bringing snow to the three largest nations of North America, i.e. snow in Mexico, the U.S., and Canada. And them playing it for all it's worth. They don't mention the rain in Canada in this part, do they? They just want to sensationalize the cold, cold, cold on a planet that's in total meltdown and every single climate-engineered cool-down they create worsens the overall warming of the planet while contaminating everything in the process. Other sensationalized headlines. Two seasons in two days. This is in reference to engineered winter weather whiplash. The report states, dramatic temperature plunge sweeping across Texas. The yo-yo scenario is there's enough moisture to chemically nucleate. It creates a cold dense layer of air that descends to the surface, creating the illusion of winter. I'm not saying it's not cold on the surface. It's cold, but go up a thousand feet and it might be 20 degrees warmer or 30. We hear that from airline pilots that we're working with, but the media doesn't disclose that. But sometimes the Weather Channel disinformation actors go, through, go to great lengths to try to explain away these completely bizarre scenarios of frozen material falling from the sky, temperatures far above freezing, and how there's warm layers up above, but there's a magical cold layer in the ground. It's ridiculous to watch these honorless cowards that lack courage in any way, shape, or form. I'm going to get to courage in a moment. Please bear with me because it is core to everything that's wrong in the world. But to see these people who increasingly appear to know the part they are playing in the insanity is a very sad testimony to the state of the human race. Another theaterized headline, Texas prepares for winter weather. Another headline, these are all from last week. Cold, cold, cold. Nobody talks about the warm, warm, warm everywhere else. What's happening in California? Back to wildfire conditions right now in the middle of winter. Next headline, again, follow up on the same theme. Freezing rain ices over Dallas after much warmer temperatures for so much of the year. Next headline, same theme. Dallas colder than northeast cities. Again, with the moisture straight from near Baja, California, the bottom tip of Baja, and the record warm Gulf of Mexico. Suddenly, Dallas is colder than northeast cities. Another sensationalized headline. Comparing this week's chill to the historic Texas cold snap of 2021. Remember that one? When it was zero degrees in Dallas and 85 degrees at near the same latitude in Florida, and it was 33 degrees warmer at the North Pole than Dallas. Did you see corporate media telling you about that? No, they just want you to look at what climate engineering is doing. And focus on that only, without admitting to climate engineering, of course. Next sensationalized headline, Arctic outbreak in Texas to be significant but short-lived. Driving that point home, the weather whiplash scenarios. Another headline, 
Ice storm disrupts airline operations, prompts disaster declaration across Texas counties. Went over that earlier in this broadcast. The ice storm transition zone between the warm side of the so-called winter storm and the cold side. And that's the zone in which the chemically nucleating materials hit the surface before they set up and freeze. Ice storm zone between the cold side of the winter storm and the warm side. Next headline, rain changes to snow in northeast Ohio because snow no longer has much, if anything, to do with elevation anymore. You're either on the warm side of the so-called winter storm or the cold side. Are people's memories that short? It appears so. Next theaterized headline, Kentucky declares state of emergency ahead of winter storm. Another headline, same theme, Oklahoma declares state of emergency ahead of winter storm. Another one, same theme, Missouri governor declares state of emergency ahead of winter storm. Another, disaster declaration issued in Illinois ahead of winter weather. And another, ice storm warnings expand as storm strengthens. What that headline should say is ice storm warnings increase as climate engineers ramp up cloud seeding with patented elements of chemical ice nucleation. That's what's happening. Another headline, road conditions deteriorate amid winter storm. Certainly they do deteriorate when you have surfactants in this mix. Surfactants change the molecular tension of water molecules. It's what makes soap soap. So when you have what amounts to soap-soaked snow, yes, you're going to have very bad road conditions, aren't you? Another headline, same theme, Illinois resident frustrated after getting stuck in snow. Very different composition of frozen material now. I wouldn't call it snow. It's just a toxic, frozen material. Don't eat it. And I don't say that in jest. Another headline. Forecasters tracking potential winter storm threat for Groundhog Day. Again, all from last week. Of course, they're going to theaterize that one. Again, as a bomb spike wallops New England into Saturday night, that was last Saturday, the weather will continue to remain quiet across the middle of the nation, but that is expected to change next week. Again, that's what was scheduled. Now we have that. We have Winter Storm Landon, the latest in the parade of completely engineered winter weather events to try to pacify populations until the last possible moment. I have, there's citrus trees and almond trees blooming right now on my property in Northern California in the middle of winter. Manzanita trees blooming right now. They started in January because now it's hot from the so-called cold, cold, cold we had. Now it's warm. It's actually unpleasantly scorching in the sun because of the UV radiation, because the ozone layer is disintegrating. Something that they're pretending, they, the academicians, the ones with no courage, are pretending is somehow magically healed when it's anything but. It's frying foliage, it's frying the bark off of trees, it's killing insects, it's killing plankton. It will kill us eventually. When you can't grow food, you can hide in your house for a little while, but you can't grow food anymore in so many locations. No ozone layer, no life on Earth, no terrestrial life. Simple equation. Climate engineering, the core causal factor for ozone layer destruction. Not the only factor. Not saying that. Never have. Again, and for those who think I blame everything on climate engineering, I don't. I'm very familiar with all anthropogenic causes of planetary destruction. But I'm simply saying this is mathematically, statistically, the single biggest hole in the bottom of the boat. Climate engineering operations, climate intervention operations, are preventing the planet from responding to the immense damage being done by the human race.
In reference to the Groundhog Day storm from last week, the report further states winter and spring are expected to collide as a far-reaching storm is poised to strengthen right around Groundhog Day. No accident. Unleashing disruptive types of weather ranging from snow and ice to soaking rain and severe thunderstorms. Again, since when did a winter storm include all this? And let's remember tornadoes as well. Warm, moist air coming out of the Gulf of Mexico, the record warm Gulf of Mexico, as I stated, will collide with cold air surging south out of Canada. This is nonsense. They are nucleating the moisture, and it creates a surface layer of cold, dense air, chemically nucleated, chemically created. They state creating an ideal environment for an area of low pressure to intensify, according to AccuWeather meteorologists. This is from Brandon Buckingham. Maybe he needs to have a letter as well, asking him why he won't acknowledge the climate engineering elephant in the sky. They say locations to the north and the west of the center of the storm will be in line for plowable snow, while areas further south and east, i.e. the warm side of the so-called winter storm, could anticipate soaking rain and even the potential for severe thunderstorms and tornadoes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable that these so-called meteorologists can, with a straight face, try to convince the public that this is in any way, shape, or form natural. This report further states that the Groundhog Day storm is likely to spread snow and ice, i.e. just frozen material from the sky, in a 2,000-mile-long swath across the U.S., a stripe of snow across the country. Anyone remember the stripe of snow? I went over in this broadcast already, captured by satellite imagery, a stripe of snow across flat ground, 10 miles wide and 150 miles long, and we're supposed to believe that's nature? No, that's an aircraft dumping its payload of toxic chemical ice nucleating elements over cloud moisture. And keep in mind, a military air tanker like a KC-135 can carry 100 tons of material in one payload. It is inconceivable how many nanoparticulates that is. And the smaller the particle, the more lethal it is. doesn't matter what the particle Type is the composition of the particle, but in fact, we're dealing with extraordinarily toxic particles on top of that and incredibly microscopic, the most lethal of all from every conceivable direction. And we get to inhale it with every breath we take as everything they dump in our skies comes down to the surface and is wiping out the web of life down to the soil microbiome. Another headline Bernie Reno and Jessica Pash. P-A-S-H, Analyze Winter Storm. This is from AccuWeather. On the latest edition of AccuWeather's Weather Insider podcast, AccuWeather Chief On-Air Meteorologist Bernie Reno, R-A-Y-N-O, and AccuWeather Broadcast Meteorologist Jessica Pash, P-A-S-H, talk about the ongoing winter storm in the central U.S. Perhaps it would be productive to also inquire with these people why they are not telling the whole truth. And it will take all of us, all of us, to help pull back this curtain of insanity, to reach a critical mass of awareness. And awareness doesn't just mean knowing, it means doing. It means doing all we can from our individual circumstances and situation. Because we are about to hit the wall at full velocity on countless fronts. Without courage, there can be no turning of the tide. I'll cut to the core of that issue in a moment. You're listening to the non-political, commercial-free Global Alert News Hour, the bad news broadcast brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org. And for those caught up in political anything, you're missing the point. It's all just scripted bread and circus mass distraction and deception. 
After all this scripted, sensationalized headlines of cold, 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 how many corporate media sources even mentioned this new report from last week? Depletion of mountain snow and ice may be faster than anticipated. No, not could be, not maybe, not might be, is exponentially faster than anything we've been officially told, and that's exactly what GeoengineWatch.org has stated on the record for so many years. From the UK Guardian and other sources, Great Barrier Reef on verge of another mass bleaching after highest temperatures on record. See temperatures there. Been to the Barrier Reef. Two private expeditions, seen it before, it completely imploded, and now it's gone. Now it's gone, and my heart is broken about that and the dying forest that I have to trek through every day in my wilderness home of Northern California, and so many completely oblivious, even at this late hour. The Great Barrier Reef, one of the seven wonders of the world. It's done. It's over. Here's a related headline from Wired.com. Extreme heat in oceans is out of control. That's an understatement. Canfield Ocean is coming at blinding speed. Canfield Ocean, a lifeless, superheated, oxygenless, stratified, dead zone. Over 70% of the world, no fish. No plankton, no us. We are so close to that point, and you can't just shut it off. The human race is sawing on the end of the branch, and we are not on the tree side of that branch. How clear is that? And just because you saw halfway through, and you think you have the same amount of time before the branch will break and you fall to the ground, that you can keep sawing through the second half. No, you reach a critical point, and the branch breaks. And that's it. The exponential equation. That's the human race at this moment in time. I'll get to more critically important breaking reports in a moment, but first a brief rant, because if the subject in the rant is not addressed, all the factually inarguable news and data in the world makes no difference, not in the case of those who lack the courage to face it. From Rollo May's Man's Search for Himself, this authoritarianism in religion, science, and politics is becoming increasingly accepted, not particularly because so many people explicitly believe in it, but because they feel themselves individually powerless and anxious. So what else can one do except follow the mass political leader or follow the authority of customs, public opinion, and social expectations, In quote. Again, Rollo May, an American psychologist, penned these words in 1953, and they are more true today than ever before. May continues with this. One of the ways that Western conformity manifests is through a blind obedience and a pathological need to follow rules. Most people believe that to be a good person is to be a compliant person and to do what one is told by those in positions of political power and their lackeys in the media and celebrity culture. In acting with blind obedience, the conformist fails to differentiate between morality and legality and so remains willfully ignorant of the fact that government rules can be, and all too often are, immoral, driven by corruption, and that sometimes they pave the way for individual and social ruin. From Stanley Feldman, Writings on Enforcing Social Conformity, a theory of authoritarianism. This, people who value social conformity support the government when it wants to increase its control over social behavior and punish nonconformity. Valuing social conformity increases the motivation for placing restrictions on behavior. The desire for social freedom is now subservient to the enforcement of majority accepted social norms and rules. Thus, groups will be targeted for repression to the extent that they challenge social conformity. 
when a majority advocates for the government enforcement of conformity, a society places itself on what the psychologist Irvin Staub called a continuum of destruction as the government uses coercion and force to punish non-compliant minorities. The majority rationalizes their support of such authoritarian measures by further demonizing the non-compliant, thus leading to increasingly severe governmental measures. One psychological consequence of harm doing is further devaluation of victims. People tend to assume that victims have earned their suffering by their actions or character. That's again from Staub, The Psychology of Good and Evil, his writings. In several countries in the 20th century, such as the Soviet Union, Turkey, Germany, Cambodia, and China, government measures such as banning certain minority groups from restaurants, pubs, cafes, and other public spaces, imposing curfews, expelling them from their jobs, forcing them to pay fines, and restricting their freedom of movement and assembly, functioned as the first steps on a continuum of destruction that ended in mass scapegoating, mass imprisonment, and mass murder. In his book, The Psychology of Good and Evil, Irvin Staub elaborates on the psychological mechanisms that facilitates the continuum of destruction. How does harmful behavior become the norm? Doing harm to a good person or passively witnessing it is inconsistent with feeling a sense of responsibility for the welfare of others and the belief in a just world. To counter the continuum of destruction that is a product of too much conformity and too much government force, more people need to act with moral courage. Moral courage entails a willingness to encounter risks so as to defy immoral orders, reject authoritarian government control, and to stand up for the disappearing values of truth, freedom, and justice. As Rushworth Kidder explains in his book, Moral Courage, where there's no danger, there's no courage. Anyone can, quote, endure security and well-being. The real challenges arise in the face of hazard. And so it is with moral courage, where danger is endured for the sake of an overarching commitment to conscience, principles, and core values. Some acts of moral courage are accompanied by mild risks, such as being ridiculed, insulted or ostracized. If, for example, we speak out against a status quo belief in the presence of a group of conformists, or if we refuse to adhere to social practices or mandates that are immoral or idiotic, we may lose friends or attract choice words from the obedient, but this is a small price to pay in exchange for doing what we believe is right. For, as Rollo May explains, the hallmark of courage in our age of conformity is the capacity to stand on one's own convictions, end quote. Carl Jung called the men and women willing to confront great dangers in defiance of tyranny, the true leaders of mankind. The Stoic philosophers, which have been a core part of my life for a half a century, believed that a life well lived was one which always countered adversity with virtue, and they believed in four aspects of virtue, courage, temperance, justice, and wisdom. Each and every situation calls for one or more of these stoic virtues, and nothing in life exempts us 
from their power. But courage is the core virtue that is essential for any other virtue to be consistently put into practice. This is especially true when doing so exacts a great personal cost. Claiming to care about being virtuous, honorable, and moral is meaningless unless or until such essential character traits are actually put into practice. The moment is fast approaching when no one will be able to help anyone. The moment when everyone is caught up with their own near-term survival. The empty food shelves moment. The don't-have-enough-to-eat moment. That's when the fur will fly. That's when the law of the jungle will truly take hold. That's when chaos, carnage, and total collapse hits with blinding speed. The controllers are pushing our already broken planet to that point from every conceivable direction. They are a cancer that does not consider they are killing their own host, i.e. planet Earth, along with the rest of us. They won't stop. They don't know how. But they, the controllers, could not do what they do without the active or passive support of the majority population. As I have stated so many times, we have seen the enemy and he is us. Those that are truly awake, aware, and fighting to stop the insanity are caught between the proverbial hammer and the anvil, caught between a power structure that is clinically insane and between a majority population that is willfully blind to reality, willfully blind to the truth, hopelessly programmed to play their part in the matrix, which is quite literally killing us all, along with the planet's life support systems and the entire web of life. The Mad Max reality is coming at blinding speed. Moving on with this question. What happens when our atmosphere is sprayed with untold millions of tons of electrically conductive and highly toxic climate engineering elements? From last week, this headline, 770 kilometer, quote, mega flash shatters record for longest lightning bolt. And this World Meteorological Organization certifies two mega flash lightning records ionizing the atmosphere, more electrically conductive. The atmosphere is being treated like a physics lab with no concern for the consequences, and that's what you get from a clinically insane power structure. More on biosphere collapse. Deadly deluge. Flooding displaces hundreds of thousands. After a slow-moving storm drenched Brazil's most populous state, killing more than a dozen people, crews continue to dig through the rubble left by landslides. Drought deluge scenarios. Welcome to climate engineering. Another headline, torrential rainfall triggers deadly landslide and flooding in Ecuador. Another headline, climate collapse is pushing Greenland over the edge. Greenland is over the edge. To understand how much ice is on Greenland, when all the ice on Greenland melts, sea levels will be raised from 21 to 25 feet. What else happens? Further exacerbating the situation, a scenario called glacial rebound, when that weight of the ice is lifted off that landmass, the landmass rises off the sea floor, further displacing sea levels. How much ice is in Antarctica when it completely melts? And again, the melting is exponential. If you don't believe it's melting, I'm not asking you to believe me. I've never asked anyone to believe anything reported on this broadcast. I simply ask them to actually investigate. And in the case of the disappearing cryosphere, i.e. the planet's ice deposits, please search and view the non-political Award-winning, it's won about 50 international awards, documentary film titled Chasing Ice. Spend, I think, $3. It's probably online for free somewhere. If you don't believe what you can see with your own eyes, no level of factual data that I can pass on will make any difference. So back to Antarctica. 
total sea level rise when that ice completely melts. And once it begins to slide up the landmass, it will increase exponentially. About 197 feet. Not good. But that's actually as bad as it sounds, the least of our problems. The collapsing atmosphere, the collapsing climate system, the collapsing life support systems of the planet, and the likely coming nuclear meltdowns all over the globe as population collapses and there's no one to man the nuclear plants to keep them cool for the decades it takes to shut them off and store that material which is radioactive for all practical purposes forever. Human race has painted itself into an unbelievably dark corner. We haven't shot ourselves in the foot, we've shot ourselves in the proverbial head. Another headline, same theme. Follow-up story from the UK Guardian. Nanoplastic pollution found at both of Earth's poles for first time. The report states nanoplastic pollution has been detected in polar regions for the first time, indicating that the tiny particles are now pervasive around the world. Yes, because they're also used in climate engineering operations. Polymer fibers, part of the patents, part of what's showing up in tests all over the globe. Disintegrating manufactured plastic, huge problem. Yes, absolutely. Spraying polymer nanoparticles into the atmosphere, even bigger problem ubiquitous now around the planet. We're sucking it up with every breath we take. And again, the smaller the particles are, the more toxic they are. Keep that in mind. Another headline, ghost forests are sprouting up along the Atlantic coast. Fallout from the reports already covered. This report states, in the Arctic, rapidly melting ice is the surest sign of climate change, i.e. climate collapse. In less northern latitudes, it's the increasingly early onset of spring or the rising frequency of severe weather. In the mid-Atlantic, and the Gulf Coast shores. The loudest example of the impacts of warming temperatures are the stands of dead trees known as ghost forests. In rural, low-lying areas, there are so many dead trees and farmland that's either stressed or abandoned completely that the signs of sea level rise are absolutely obvious. And a paradox to keep in mind, sea level rise is not uniform around the globe. There are many varying factors but it is happening at blinding speed. If you don't see it, you're not looking very closely at available data. Here's a tech fix headline of total delusion. Maersk launches the world's first offshore electric vessel charging station venture. And just pull your tanker up and plug it in at some floating source of power, magical power from somewhere. Human race is completely delusional at this point at these total fantasy techno fixes to pacify populations until we hit the wall at full velocity. Let's continue with a few more headlines of total delusion. Biden sets U.S. goal of cutting cancer deaths in half in 25 years. Good luck on that one. On the current mathematical statistical trajectory, no one will be here in 25 years. No one. 10 years would be very optimistic. If you don't like that reality, then stand up. Join us. Help us to expose the insanity. Help us to change course so that someone might make it through what's coming. Another headline. Living near fracking sites increases risk of early death. Gee, I wonder why. From cancer and neurological diseases. What a surprise. And we're going to cut cancer in half in 25 years when the population is supposedly going to be 10 billion or whatever we're told by then, never going to happen. Never. Human race is swimming in a sea of total deception and delusion at this point, and there are all too many that are all too happy to keep treading on that insanity just to pursue their personal pleasures until they can't. 
from the UK Guardian. Rising temperatures threaten future of Winter Olympics. The report states only one of 21 previous locations would be able to reliably host games in the future if emissions remain on the current path, study shows. Again, that sounds bad. The reality is unimaginably worse. No one will be worried about the Olympics very soon. You can quote me on that as well. And let's clarify that headline, i.e., correct it. Rising temperatures threaten future, period. There won't be any. No Olympic anything. We won't be here. On the other side of the world, more weather warfare, more crop decimation. From thefarmermagazine.com.au, freak hailstorms smash crops. They say two freak hailstorms have wrought havoc on citrus and wine grape crops. Two freak hailstorms ripped into fruit and stripped bark from citrus trees, causing an estimated losses of up to 100% of crops on some farms. The resultant damage will either mean costly picking with no crop to sell, manual thinning and pruning, or mechanical hedging that could see no crop harvest for three years or more. They say we've never seen anything like this before in the years our family has been here. That's from one farmer there. This is climate engineering and chemical ice nucleating operations. And again, please don't believe me. Please just look at the data. Search the engineering winter section. Go through every report in that section so that you might understand that you're in an immediate fight for life. And that is a core part of climate engineering that no one but geoengineeringwatch.org is trying to report on. Why not? Why are so many in so-called alt-media completely ignoring this aspect of climate engineering? And I want to say I'm very grateful to InfoWars for allowing me a substantial amount of time last week with Alex Jones to address this aspect of climate engineering. And the timing was very appropriate because it's right before the climate engineers unleashed so-called winter storm Landon, freezing over Texas with the same chemical ice nucleating elements that just wiped out the crops in Australia and have wiped out crops all over the globe for decades, wherever they choose to wipe those crops out. You start the freezing process far sooner than it would otherwise start in the cloud moisture. It develops completely unnaturally and you end up with these massive chunks of frozen material doing exactly the kind of damage that this report just alluded to. And there are more aspects to climate engineering that do immense damage. The high-pressure heat domes. This headline from South America. Heat wave kills 400,000 chickens in Uruguay. From grist.org, this. Extreme weather is destroying more crops. Taxpayers are footing the bill. Farmers across the United States, they say, are increasingly seeing the impacts of climate change firsthand. And no mention of climate engineering, of course, because they're not allowed to mention it. Socially unacceptable. They say with the rise in the severity and frequency of extreme weather events, crop damage is increasing radically. Beyond the loss of food supplies, new data on agricultural insurance payments show the financial burden of these disasters on taxpayers. But those in power do this simply to mire populations in their own misery, to keep their eyes off the wider horizon, because those in power, i.e. the money printers, the central bankers, can print whatever they want for whatever they want, until people stop cooperating with the system. That's how the system has worked. And as I have also covered at geoengineeringwatch.org for so many years, the climate engineers can cut off the flow of precipitation wherever they want for as long as they want. Again, a reminder of the events of 9-11. One week after 9-11, General Wesley Clark, the former NATO Supreme Commander, was given the list of targeted countries in the Middle East, and every single one of those countries subsequently 
underwent a once in 1,000 year drought, destabilizing the food supply of those nations and thus destabilizing those nations. And that list clearly existed long before 9-11 ever even happened, of course. And now the same weather warfare is being waged on the U.S. West. It has been for a very long time. Search engineered drought catastrophe target California. We've been covering this for years and years and years. Search the engineering drought section at geoengineeringwatch.org. Everything we have stated has come to pass and continues to manifest. This headline, 22-year drought is drying up America's largest reservoir, a reservoir which I've spent a great deal of time on in my past, Lake Mead. With water levels at the nation's largest reservoir hitting an all-time low, Officials are preparing for what that could mean for the region's water supply. I'll tell you what it means. It means nothing for farms, nothing for crops, no foods, empty shelves. And that certainly serves those in power. Climate engineers have, since the start of the year, again, turned off the rain for California. And at the moment, there is little rain scheduled for the rest of the so-called winter. Even the rain that fell late last year did nothing to slow down the die-off of trees in the forest. The rain is toxic. Soil, microbial life is all but dead. There is no decomposition in the forest. There is so much contamination in the rain that soil's pH values have been radically altered toward alkaline, 10 to 12 times toward alkaline. The aluminum in the precipitation tends to push the pH toward neutral from either side of neutral. That's how it works. From news.com.ar, this, not good news, weather misery as deluge continues cutting off vital links. This report states a large chunk of Australia looks set to be effectively cut off for days, even weeks. This is in addition to the hail I reported earlier. As the deluge continues and some of the rain is heading towards major cities, yet more heavy rain forecast this week for central Australia is, quote, not good news, they say, for the Northern Territory, which has seen supplies on supermarket shelves dwindle after vital roads and railway lines were cut. Further flooding is now likely, meaning those transport links could remain shut off for days or even weeks. Empty store shelves all over the world are coming. Will a high-tech soylent green solution save us all from ourselves? About feeding the exploding population of human beings. First, going all the way back to 2017 from thefuturecenter.org, this, China signs $300 million deal to buy lab-grown meat from Israel. How wonderful. And now from Time Magazine, we have the following headline from last week. China's five-year plan is a blueprint for the future of meat. From that report, China's new five-year plan is a blueprint for the future of meat, they say, grown from animal stem cells in a bioreactor and nourished on a nutrient broth, cultivated meats are a relatively new technology that promises to upend traditional animal agriculture by replacing slaughterhouses with laboratories. I'm no fan of slaughterhouses, but does that mean lab-grown so-called meat is the cure? Total delusion, total insanity. We're drowning in a sea of it. When the planet dies, we will die. And short of a total course correction, that will be our near-term destination. Let's again cut to the core of the insanity that we collectively face. Another quote from Morpheus in The Matrix. What you know, you can't explain, but you feel it. You've felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind driving you mad. The matrix is everywhere. It's all around us. Even now, in this very room, you can see it 
when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. I stand here before you now, truthfully unafraid. Why? Because I believe something you do not? No. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. Courage is the key. Courage is the core. Courage is the way forward. From past voices of reason, in this case Confucius, wisdom, compassion, and courage are the three universally recognized moral qualities of men. From Martin Luther King Jr., this, we must build dikes of courage to hold back the flood of fear. And from Socrates, this, he is a man of courage who does not run away, but remains at his post and fights against the enemy. And who, we must ask, is the, quote, enemy? Those who print and control the flow of money. How could it be otherwise? Those who have long since learned how to program and manipulate the masses. All this must change, or we have no chance for even near-term survival. Again, courage is core. No other virtue is possible to harbor or maintain without courage. To decide at one's core, to face the gathering storm head-on, without fear, without timidity, without trepidation, is to find solace that cannot be taken or broken. Our will is all that we can ever truly call our own. If we exercise that will with honor, morality, virtue, and most essential of all, courage, the story ends well. If we collectively stand against the gathering darkness, we may yet accomplish profound good even at this late hour. And there is only one way to find out. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more about how you can help to turn the tide of insanity. Make your voice heard while it can yet make a difference. We must make every day count. Until next week, stay safe, stay strong. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.